And welcome to another episode of the Toyo and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I am your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance, coming at you one more time. And of course, let's jump right into the download now. I am very much a child of the 80s, which means I cut my teeth really on video games after the whole NES of the late 80s with my exploration of the arcade scene in the 90s. And nothing was bigger in the arcade scene of the 90s than fighting games. With Street Fighter 2's introduction, it really rejuvenated the fighting scene, or I should say the arcade scene, where droves of people came into the arcades again and with that you also then had the introduction of Mortal Kombat which really kicked off a arcade renaissance and very much so a fighting game renaissance as well and obviously you had the likes of Killer Instinct come out during that time you also had the wonderful games from SNK Art of Fighting, World Heroes, Fate of Fury and then one of my favorite series of all time Samurai Showdown and with that one of my favorite fighting games of all time is Samurai Showdown 2 and that's actually our download for this week because it is now part of the Xbox games with gold for September to download for free on your Xbox platform in this case and in it since it is an Xbox 360 arcade title if you are still playing your Xbox 360 you can play it or download it for free with Xbox Live Gold on the 360 up until the Xbox Series X I have always loved this game I thought that it was such a great mechanically um, mechanically great step up from Samurai Showdown 1 with excellent characters and character designs and the moves. One of my favorites is Hamaharu with his katana and his sort of tornado special attack. And it's just a wonderful game. It's a game that probably 30 years later I am still enjoying playing. Anytime I see it in an arcade, I have to go and play Samurai Showdown 2. And even if you don't have Xbox Live Gold, it is only $9.99, which is a relative steal for that game and just a quality. I know you have later iterations that are out in on various gaming platforms as it is but i think samurai showdown 2 really stands the test of time as if not one of the best fighting games of all time definitely the best samurai showdown game of all time and one of the best fighting games of all time so that's my pick for the download samurai showdown 2 on the xbox series is part of the xbox games with gold now let's keep going with games and i'm going to talk about playstation Yes, I'm talking about PlayStation. I know, I know, as an Xbox owner, I don't talk about PlayStation really hardly ever simply because I'm not an owner of a PlayStation. And frankly, I've never owned a PlayStation. I've always appreciated the games and the first-party games and these sorts of innovations that Sony has done over the years. That's one of the reasons why I'm covering them because the competition between Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo really pushes innovation and really pushes really good and innovative games to be published so that us gamers, all of us gamers, win regardless of what platform you own or strive to own. So let's talk about PlayStation Showcase. PlayStation finally brought their or stuck their head or got their head stuck from out of the sand after all these months where you've had Nintendo and Microsoft pretty much just blitz the news coverage with their uh, offerings of games that are coming out this year, games that are coming out next year, hardware innovations. It's just been nonstop. 
Nintendo and Microsoft. Nintendo and Microsoft, and really mostly Microsoft for most of this year. Uh, and then PlayStation finally, finally debuted some games. Now, the initial uh, half hour or so of the showcase, it was all very much uh, timed exclusive games or games that are going to be automatically multi-platform when they launch which which is cool you know they're still banking on that uh, Deathloop game by Bethesda which we know will come out on Xbox eventually to Game Pass because it is owned by my Microsoft now so you know as an Xbox guys like that's great that's cool I'll see it in about six months I can wait uh, with that and a lot of other games Guardians of the Galaxy was shown as well for PlayStation there's no time exclusivity there but that's one of those games that I'm looking forward to possibly playing when it comes out because it looks really cool and I like the direction so far that the developers have taken with Guardians of the Galaxy and that match but I've talked about that before from there they then went to covering some of their first party titles which are going to be coming out in the next six months to a year uh, we're talking about God of War Ragnarok which looks really cool it doesn't look too dissimilar from the God of War that was on the PS4 which can be good or bad depending on your opinion but for understanding it's a really good game I've just never gotten to the God of War series but it looks good so I'm not going to hate in any way shape or form uh, next was Gran Turismo and I forget which iteration of Gran Turismo this is I am not a big car game guy especially more of the simulation style I know I've talked about Forza and Forza Horizon in the past, but one of the things I really love about those offerings, well, Forza Horizon is very much uh, the arcade street racing series of the Forza branch, so that's very easy for me to get into, but I've played a few of the uh, Forza iterations, Forza 6 and Forza 5, and those games are very accessible to people like me who are not big simulation or racing simulation buffs and that's not something i've ever really found with the grand turismo series when i have played them in the past i'm not sure if this latest iteration will change that to be more on par with forza but in many respects in many opinions around the gaming world uh, grand turismo has lost that top racing crown to forza and it lost it a couple of iterations ago we'll see how it comes out but again uh, Gran Turismo is not a series I'm looking forward to. Also, they showed off the new Horizon series or gaming in the series, which comes out in February, I believe it is. Again, it's not one of those series that I was that ever attracted me. It looks cool, but not something I was like, hey, I need a PlayStation to buy that. Nah. So with that, then they dropped some bombs, and one of the bombs really hurt my heart until I did some really really good research on it but they then dropped some cgi trailers for some really humongous games that are coming out as expected spider-man 2 is coming out on the system sometime in 2023 and they showed a cgi trailer there which looked to feature which did feature miles morales as well as peter parker spider-man as well as a voice that seems like it was talking it was craven the hunter when they spoke about finding their match but then it ended with the reveal of venom being a part of the game and venom was voiced by none other than the original Candyman himself tony todd and his voice is just his voice is just great so i'm looking forward to seeing how that game ships up but it's weird because at this point in my gaming life, these superhero games, as much as a comic fan that I am, are not something that I lust over. And I'll leave it there and go into the next game. And then they also showed a trailer, CGI trailer for a surprise and sounding game based on another Marvel character. 
and that character is none other than Wolverine. Now, Wolverine is my absolute favorite Marvel character, if not favorite Marvel character, definitely my favorite X-Men, and he's probably most people's favorite X-Men, and it's weird because I could care less about a Wolverine game. I don't know. I'm I'm past that phase. 10, 15 years ago, I probably would have been very upset that these games were just only on the PlayStation platforms. But the person I am today could care less because these are not the games that I gravitate to. But it's great for those who own those platforms. I can see many people really thinking twice between purchasing an Xbox or a PlayStation system just to play those games. But again, those games aren't coming out till 2022-2023. You know, hopefully we'll have next-gen, quote-unquote, current-gen systems by then. But for many of us, we can't even find them to play those games if they did come out today. And then another showcase they had was a game called Forsaken. This is a game by Square Enix, the Final Fantasy people, which looks absolutely amazing. And it's definitely one that piques my interest, and I was very disheartened to find that it was a PlayStation launch exclusive, which was okay, but then to find out, not through the press conference, but advertisement I've seen afterwards, that is a two-year timed exclusive. I'm like, whoa, that's a long time. I will really forget about that game in two years after it's launched on the PlayStation 5. So it's... While it looks great, it looks awesome. It's not one of those games that I'm going to run out to buy a PlayStation 5 for. I will kindly wait to two years if I even remember because the next game I'm talking about is a game that almost broke my heart when I saw it, but it's not broken anymore. And that is the rumored remake of Knights, excuse me, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, if you not know. Now, this is probably one of my favorite games. No, this is one of my favorite games of all time. I remember purchasing it on the original Xbox and it's just... I love it is really the best Star Wars game that's ever been created and the fact that it's being remastered is even more amazing for next gen slash current gen systems and it broke my heart when it said PS5 exclusive now if you remember correctly the student of history the original KOTOR was exclusive to the Xbox and the original version still is as well as the sequel which I am playing through now so when I saw that, my heart sank. And I was like, I'm not buying a PlayStation 5. I'm not buying this PlayStation 5. I'm back in my mind. I'm like, I got to play this game. I got to play this game. But then upon further reading, I read there was simply a launch exclusive and will be coming to the Xbox series if I had one by that time um, in 2023 or how many months or years afterwards. So I will wait for that one. But that was that was that was the biggest game for me, the KOTOR remake. And I can't wait to play that whenever it drops all in all i think it was a so-so um press conference i've seen some people give it like a b i'll give it a c plus simply because one of the things i like about the nintendo and the microsoft showcases is that they showcase games that will be out within the next six months every time they drop everything for the most part that you'll see outside of e3 will be out in the next six months to a year and that's one of the things I love. I can count on them to have games ready to play within a reasonable time frame going forward. And that's the biggest thing. And I think that with Sony, they need to really get on the ball with showcasing and highlighting games that are coming out now. Because frankly, outside of a couple of uh, games that are out now, like Ratchet and Clank and um, Returnal, I believe is a game, but there aren't a whole lot of exclusives that are out now. 
uh, for them and also just not a lot of first party games that are out now compared to the sort of influx of games especially the game plans that microsoft is doing and nintendo is just nintendo does their own thing where they put out the games when they want to but there are a lot of games that nintendo's put out that are really awesome and amazing so i'm interested to see what playstation has coming up forward i believe they don't have a presence at tokyo game show coming up so this may be the last uh tidbit of information we get from playstation for the rest of the year unless something big comes out so it's in that regard is a dis- bit disappointing because i want to see more that's coming out in the next six months or three four months for the holiday season and it really doesn't seem like there's much coming out from playstation and sony outside of a couple remasters uh one maybe first party title and some director's cuts so it's it was in that regard, it was lackluster, but it does paint a pretty decent picture for the future of the PlayStation brand in 2023, specifically and toward the end of 2022. So I want to get to the reactions and then we'll take a break. And the reaction this week is for the Hawkeye trailer. As of the recording of this podcast, the Hawkeye trailer dropped today for the Hawkeye Disney Plus series and I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't think it would be trash because so far all of the Disney Plus series had been really, really good. However, I was really surprised how the sort of tone, it was very much a buddy cop sort of tone with um, Hawkeye, Clinton Barker's character, um, Barton's character, as well as the introduction of Kate Bishop, the female Hawkeye, as well, and how their paths cross with her taking up the Ronin persona, where Hawkeye has let it go after the events of Avengers Endgame. And I found that it was funny, it was fun. It, it Marvel just knows what their characters are like they know how to write their characters and they know how to write Hawkeye and his comedic timing and his family man and just who he is I get a lot of that from the trailer as well and it looks to be really really fun especially with his holiday theme I'm going to love to see how that plays into it as well so I loved it I, I swear I sound like a Marvel stand at times when I'm on this podcast, but Marvel just comes out and they hit everything on all cylinders and they have such a great command of their characters and what their characters are like when they put their characters on screen and in this case as well with what if on or on screen overall, but even live action or animated, they just do a really good job and I wish that other companies would do as good of a job every single time now dc did a great job with suicide squad and i've heard good things so far about the flash but we know what that track record is like and it took the snyder cut really to do some justice to the justice league no pun intended so with that we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to talk about some comics what if episode six some more style essentials and fragrance of the week And we're back from the break now. We talked about Hawkeye. And one of the things I really loved about the trailer was it felt like a movie. It didn't feel like another one of the Disney Plus series. And that's no disservice to Loki, WandaVision, and uh, Captain Falcon and Winter Soldier. I just got more of a movie vibe from the way the trailer was cut. And I'm, I'm eagerly anticipating 
that series when it drops in November. Now the current series that they are showing is of course What If and we've gone into depth about all of the episodes thus far and this week is going to be no different as we go into episode 6 What If Killmonger Rescued Tony Stark. So in this of course it'll be spoilers so if you haven't watched skip ahead. In this episode we see Killmonger somehow being on the scene in Afghanistan and capturing, well I should say, rescuing Tony Starks before he is then imprisoned by the Ten Rings offshoot that's there in Afghanistan and thus ultimately creates the original Mach 1 armor in the cave. So as a result, there's no Iron Man in this new universe because Tony Stark never had a reason to create the suit to save himself after the whole incident with the Ten Rings in Afghanistan. So with this, and I'm not going to get too heavy because I will have to say my overall impressions of this episode as this is probably my least favorite episode of the series thus far. I I just felt like it was bland. It was somewhat predictable with the double cross that eventually happened with Killmonger. And I actually thought that was quite a shame. Uh, let me back up a little bit. Let me get to the good stuff. I, I loved the fact that, again, the original voice actors are coming back. I love Andy Serkis as Claw. One of my biggest disappointments of Black Panther was the fact that Claw was killed. I love I me. Mean, he just he hammed it up in that role, and I so loved it. And you can just tell you can tell when actors are enjoying the roles that they're playing. And Andy Serkis is just one of those actors that. He enjoys so many of the roles that he plays, but you can tell he really enjoyed playing Claw. And it was no different in this voice work he did for this series. Of course, as always, it is great to hear Chadwick Boseman again, even though he was only in the episode briefly as well. Angela Bassett was there reprising her role. But I have to say, um, whomever they have to do Tony Stark's voice, and this is not Robert Downey Jr., it's, it's a bit annoying. It's a close approximation, but it's still a bit annoying in my opinion. And I have to say, I feel like Michael B. Jordan's performance was lackluster. It's like he phoned it in. I felt, I don't know, I didn't get emotion. And maybe it was coupled with the animation because something seemed off between his his delivery and the animation that I didn't get the sort of portrayal I was expecting, especially considering how some of the other episodes have gone with the animation and the voice acting really meshing well together. In this case, I just I just thought his performance was lackluster. I thought he really phoned it in, at least that's the way I take it. Um, overall, I, I just thought that aspect was lacking, especially for a episode that he had to carry with his character it just it fell flat for me and also from a character itself I was very disheartened that there was no sort of maybe I was hoping for some sort of redemption arc for Killmonger based on his actions in Black Panther and also his motivations but the fact that Killmonger is portrayed as someone who is so opportunistic um, even when it comes to Wakanda, Wakanda people, it's one thing I really didn't get in Black Panther as far as his being so opportunistic as far as to threaten their lives just for him to look a certain way. Uh, and the way that this series really depicted that was it was disappointing and disheartening, in, in my opinion, um, with the creation of the drones and how he literally played 
everyone in his episode from Tony Stark uh, to the Wakandan people. He played everyone to really get his goals accomplished. And I just felt like as a character, it's, uh, it's hard to say. I felt that like even that was beneath him, at least with the character that was presented in Black Panther. I was more aligned, and I'm sure many of us, of us were more aligned with his goals and his his methodology and his reasons in Black Panther. Love him or hate him, you know, p- being a person of color, you can understand his perspective and where it was coming from and why he did the things that he did. In this, since a lot of that was stripped away, that motivation, that sympathizing with the character that we got in the Black Panther movie was stripped away because of the chain of events. He was very hard to like and just seemed like an even more more of a unscrupulous character than a sympathetic villain. And and that was probably my biggest disappointment of overall. It just it didn't do anything to make Killmonger a better character. It actually made him a worse character in my opinion. So I, I would say episode six would have Killmonger saved Tony Stark. Is probably so far my least favorite. It's one I wouldn't even watch again. That's how it's not horrible. It's just it just leaves me with n- not a good taste in my mouth for wanting to rewatch it. Other ones I'll rewatch again. This one I will not. So that is my take on this episode of What If Episode Six. And looking at the midseason trailer, it looks like we're in for a doozy of a ride in the back half of the remaining episodes. I hope. Honestly, they get a lot better than this episode. Uh, we had the Doctor Strange episode, which was so-so in my opinion, but then had the stellar Marvel Zombie episode, and then you go downhill with this one. So I'm really hoping they get back on the train they were riding and really pump out some really uh, kick-ass episodes for this last few that are remaining. So that's what if. Let's get into our fall essentials. Again, it is very hard to... Uh, realize recognize accept that fall is creeping down upon us it's middle of september the time is recording uh the actual first day of fall is about a week away and it is so strange that summer has gone by so quickly and this year is almost over so one of the essentials that i recommend for every every gentleman to have is a henley or a couple of henley, sh- henley shirts now a Henley shirt is actually something I was not aware of until a few years ago. And it's one of those shirts that it looks like a long sleeve t-shirt, but it has buttons um, midway down. So think of a long sleeve polo without the collar. That's exactly the best way I would describe a Henley. A Henley is such a versatile, casual uh, shirt. But also you can do sort of a business casual vibe with it as well. It's great to have in your wardrobe for the fall because uh, it come in uh, various thicknesses, uh, various uh, materials, whether it's a, a fleece or an over fleece or cotton or more of a, a thinner Henley. Uh, it's just one of those shirts that's really great to be able to throw on and to accessorize, whether it's going out for a casual date night with your lady or man or whoever, uh, whether it's something you, you want to do yard work in. It is such a versatile uh, piece of attire you could wear it with jeans you could wear it with slacks uh wear it with double monks wear it with sneakers it's just a shirt that really goes well with so many of the items that you could possibly wear and really 
uh, versatile, make it versatile, make your wardrobe uh, as versatile as possible. If, if one thing you know, I'm all about versatility here. I'm not about buying one piece or one item and you wear it for one occasion. Again, the only thing that goes into that rule is a tuxedo. But I'm all about being able to wear items during and multiple times a year and multiple occasions as well. So the Henley is my fall essential for this week. Now, keeping with style, we're going to drop into our fragrance of the week with a new release from Prada. And this is a, another in the endless flankers to the Prada Lunar line. And this one is Prada Lunar Ocean. This is a new release from 2021 that is classified as a fresh aquatic. You're going to have top notes of bergamot, pink pepper, and mugglewort, uh, middle notes of iris, lavender, and saffron, and then base notes of Haitian vetiver, musk, and patchouli. And you definitely get a fresh aquatic uh, feel from this. And this is really, really it's really good. it's so fresh man it's ridiculous it's 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 not quite a soapy fresh but it's close and then mixed with that aquatic man this is why didn't this come out earlier it is such a spring summer maybe early fall fragrance it is man it is nice as you can tell i'm i'm sniffing it right now and it's um it's pretty decent projection uh, pretty decent longevity. You'll, you'll get three to four hours with this one. It's one of one, one things I, the Prada line itself, or the Lunar Rose line, or Prada Lunar line, I should say, because a lot of, a lot of flankers to this one. Um, of those that I have experienced, I've liked all of them. Uh, they are have pretty decent projection and longevity. And is this is a designer fragrance? You're probably looking about a hundred dollars for a bottle. So I didn't look up the price, but it is. Man, it is it is fresh. That's all I can really say to you. It is it is a nice fragrance. It is one you won't go wrong with, in in my opinion. If you're looking for a fresh aquatic, of course you you may look for some that are going to be cheaper uh, than this one. Uh, in that line, fresh aquatic is not exactly a uh, classification of fragrances that you don't have a multitude of options in. So you you may find some better, but this one is definitely nice. I get a little powdery as well I'm, I'm not sure just a couple of cents but yeah Prada Lunar uh, Ocean yeah uh, Prada Lunar Rosa, Rosa Ocean uh, Prada Lunar Rosa Ocean uh, is our fragrance of the weekend and I definitely say it's a nice one um, I would say anything if you can uh, get a sample of a fragrance first or smell it in a store before you actually purchase it uh, to see if you like it because I always say fragrances are very very intimate and just because it smells good on me doesn't mean it's going to smell good on you um, once you actually let it mix with your body chemistry and you wear it in various occasions i always say fragrances always change there are fragrances that i have that smell one way when i first purchased them it smelled totally different now um partially after they've set and chemically changed and also depending on what your body chemistry is like on any given day so but Prada Luna Rosa Ocean, I, I definitely recommend it. If you're looking for something fresh and aquatic at this time period, um, go out and get it. Um, it's something new, a 2020 release, so you may not find as many wearing it. But they do have this humongous ad campaign going on with Jake Gyllenhaal um, as a star. So you know how that rolls. So it's, it's definitely designer. There's definitely a lot of money being pushed behind it. So it may be more... Uh, purchase more than what i think but that's my take on prada luna rosa 
Ocean. And that has been another episode of the Sartorial and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I have been your host, Webster Style. Thank you again for joining us. Feel free to find us on the web first and foremost at WebsterStyle.com. Find us on Instagram at WebsterStyle and Sartorial and Geek. Find us on Twitter at Webster Style, and as always, drop us an email at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Again, thank you for joining us. Remember, stay safe out there. I mean, I can change. I thought, never mind, forget it. I'm a Jenny, Jenny, Miffany, Muffin, and Finicky when it comes to the killing spree, aka that's an ensemble. Are you the enemy if you're not defending the presence of Millie in the vicinity without a bow tie? Okay, I might have went over the edge. Besides, I really let them clothes on them legs and thighs. Need to get strong, we can lift them to the sky. The party starts at 12. We got a little time, time, time to get it on. And on fact, I'm the type of pussy on. And after that, take a picture with the I'm choosing what we own. No, it was Tree Green Tuesday. Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be. White Wednesday? Uh, I don't Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't wear. Oh, I miss forget it. Million them heels killing them. But I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels looking sharp. Hey, acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday? Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the wrist game. Oh, it's killing. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match the very corset. Smoking hot, rocking this pen so oh. thin. Tie hairline, looking like a stencil. Pimp, no lie, I'm sharper than a utensil. Instrumental, plain dang, homie. I was hoping we could walk out with that bang bang, honey. See them plain James, honey. Get them lame friends, honey. We tell it, it crazy like I think came on me. Hey, homie. Look a lady, main thing, want me on the scene. Fit popping like a main vein, running blood color, lips smashing with the hand. Clutch money, holding bag, kinda funny. Can you tell me what's the price I got the range? Rover. Hang on me when we walking, looking Gucci like that thing sprayed on me. Walking with a limp like an ankle sprang on me. Yeah, I rocked the cardigan. She don't really want me because one man should have all that styling. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. And no one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them scenes. No one man should have all that styling. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. And no one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them On the floor, pal, and no one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes. Oh, you wanted to? Oh, I completely read that wrong.